0: Welcome to episode 181 of the Hotbox Show. Oh. I am Joe, I'll be your host this evening. I have with me the beautiful Amy. Hello, Amy. Have me. <laughs> and
1: Dan. Dad, what's up, yo?
0: <laughs> and I'm just me. Dale. <laughs> and Dale. Um, tonight's episode is straight up a tribute to Jules. Nice. It has been 363 days since he was murdered. Um, and we... It's going to be a little bit of a hard one to get through. Already the words are starting (laughs) to escape me. So let me just get straight into this. Um, We tried to run the poll through the whole of the week, but Facebook unfortunately Mm -hmm. said no thank you. So it had to close at the end of the show last week. So I can at least bring you the poll results for last week. Uh, The question was, have you found a job in the cannabis industry, um, including uh, the support industries? For the answer, your options were yes, uh, working in weed, living the dream. I'm trying, but I haven't found my dream cannabis job yet, or no, I'm waiting for it all to be fully legalized. Uh, With regards to, yes, we had 30% which was 10 votes. I'm trying, but I haven't found it yet, we had 39% with 13 votes. And no, I'm waiting for full legalization, for fields of green for all, we had 30% which was another 10 votes. Which I think was pretty
1: was Even split? Yeah, no, pretty, pretty much. Split. Pretty mm-hmm. much even split. That's pretty cool. Well, <clears throat> I'm sure those people that want the jobs will get the jobs mm. because there's going to be plenty jobs.
0: There are going to be plenty
2: <laughs> of jobs. It. There Phil. will be.
1: Once it's once we've got to where we want to be, mm-hmm. there will be plenty jobs. For
2: mm-hmm. me, um, life in the cannabis industry started with jewels. And, and I can actually say that for everybody, in fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there would be no industry or at least no signs of an industry to mm-hmm. come
0: without... What, what, what Jules and Moetzel did for us? They put in the yeah. legwork, they put in the hard work, they put in the metaphorical balls of steel. everything for us. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. Um, Dan, Yo. what are we smoking <clears throat> on the Dank Cam tonight?
1: Well, we're definitely going to be smoking on some Dank tonight. Mm. Um, so what do we got here? We got some, what is this, Dale? Jules Marmalade. <laughs> Jules Marmalade. This is some of Jules', <laughs> Jules This is uh, some of
2: the last stuff that Jules actually blasted.
1: Last bit of his extra mm. that he made, so that he made with his hands. Yes. Yeah, it's Jules. Loved to do extractions. He loved to make the fine art of hashish. Yeah, play with the alchemy of cannabis, and yeah, he used to make his own hash, and that was one thing that he loved to do. So we're smoking some of his his tonight, which was his Jules marmalade. It's quite an old bit of hash, so that's mm. why it, it looks like this. It's been sitting for a while, but mm. that's a bit, dry. a bit dry, and then. <clears throat> We've got some really fucking fire, 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 indoor. What's that called? Beach wedding. Some beach from, wedding. Yeah, from the personal head stash. It's called beach wedding. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's solid. It's rock hard. So that's I what we're smoking. Some of that the yeah, smell on this, there. Right there. the smell of it in. has got. The, it's an unbelievable funk. Have a smell of that and give us what is your mm, what is your no, nose saying? No, super stinky. Is so it's a little, purple. Purple. It is, like a little drain. bit what is Ooh, your nose saying? Ooh,
0: that's
1: I can't even. Yeah. It's like a come first words to your nose. To I your want mouth. to say
0: fruit, but no, stinky, uh, yeah. it's not fruit. Rotten,
1: like rotten something. Rotten grain. Rotten grain. It's great. It's really <laughs> dense and really stinky fucking foot. hardcore yeah. because you know Jules also loved to smoke like these. Smells Really fucking psychedelic <laughs> weeds that would just knock you on your socks. He <laughs> you. always appreciated them, <clears throat> and then of course some of some more diamonds just to appreciate the fact wow. that. Extracts, extract, extracts. Tools would have absolutely lasted marbles for this.
0: Mm. They're ginormous. So
1: we're gonna smoke them smoke flat out tonight. We've got already, there was four inside here. We're gonna crush one up. We already have. And we're smashing it at the moment. So yeah, let's get high.
0: Let's get high. Great. So while you get that smashed up, we've got one quick Fields of Green for All update, mm-hmm. which we feel is quite important. Um, the Know Your Farmer campaign started today. So whilst imported CBD products are available in abundance and are sprouting up in every shop in your local area, we are taking the time to raise our voice for the Dacha farmers, uh, the the farmers who rely on this plant for their families livelihoods. We want to weed out the invasive powers that can't see how we should be supporting and not arresting our people. Let's show them the light Cannabis should be grown, manufactured, and processed locally mm-hmm. in South Africa by South Africans. So please uh, follow our Know Your Farmer campaign. It, uh, we'll be doing a weekly or bi-weekly or whatever, twice a week, I'm not sure, mm. blogs, um,
1: know your on farmer. the fields of
0: green for all websites, register for and the newsletter. Farmer.
1: It makes oh. sense. I mean, think about it. If you, if you know where your weed's coming from and how it's grown and the ethics of the person that you're getting mm. it from, are you not a lot more convinced that there's good, better medicine? Like a dude that sells unethically grown vegetables, you know, and just just, just, just buys and sells whatever, then it's a bit like, Mm. come on, Rather, if you know, great. This guy does not use pesticides. He uses only IPM, or he's an organic grower true to the word, or he's a he's a fucking hydroponic grower true to the word, but he doesn't mm. do certain practices. But you can have the choice if he tells you. You have yeah. the choice. Mm. You can have the choice. You and at least, now I just buy from Swaziland, or
3: sometimes from Cape Town. Or when you or buy from East a London club or
1: something, or. you buy from a club, for instance. Mm-hmm. And no, like no offense to the clubs, yeah. We're not like anything wrong with the clubs. They obviously need to, they'll get to this, but you Check buy from a club, you get your bud. You can't get. There's no trail behind that weed. Mm. You yeah, don't know. No, no, he says seconds. it's indoor, but you don't have that mm. proof in a way. If you know your farmer, it will be able to backtrack them and make sure you can have that line of what's it called, accountability and yeah. trust. Yeah. It's a bit yes. more uh,
2: like
3: uh, what they like to do with the vertical integration. You yes, yeah. you have that like okay. that actual knowledge of where it actually comes from. Yeah, okay. You might might not know the farm exactly where the farm is. Might you? Might even
1: that might even be better. It, yeah, it might be better, far, but if the, if the, so. the farmer's been like registered on a, on a list that keeps privacy to certain levels, but they are registered on a list, or at least a well, known who entity. Whoever grew it, mm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm. And he grows, Look, like I think mean, mean, I mean, With, it okay. Okay. Yeah. with, with everything
2: yeah. else you consume, you lost that opportunity a long time ago yeah, to know to know no the process of mm. the products that you consume. If you go buy from, With cannabis, we still have that opportunity to know your farmer, to so know the person who's making your oils, to know the person who's making everything that goes into what you love. You want to
1: know from certain food outlets they swear by their code that they buy from certain places that produce certain good quality of food it's simple it's that's you know you go to those places you go to the other places that don't your product is shit mm. no matter what it's not shit let's just say it's lower in terms mm. of quality control
3: freshness or fresh whatever. exactly it's either mm. not
1: fresh or so many factors uh,
3: yeah. so many
1: things otherwise other places have a very solid repeatable mm. product that is always there and you want that I think yeah. so
0: That's it. know your Even farmer that's it know your, it. Farm your farm farmer
1: Ask the person that you're buying it from, do they know who the grower is? Yeah. Do they know how it was grown? How far did it have to drive to get to you? Give yeah, us some more information about it.
0: Yeah, I think here at the table we're pretty blessed that we generally do know exactly where our wheat Very comes lucky. from, how yeah. it's grown, what sort of nutrients are used. You know some people, I suppose, vegans would be fussy about not having sort of animal by-products used been growing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Veganics, we, can, uh, we spoke about it yeah, a couple of episodes exactly. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so there we go. So there we go, so guys, what we're gonna do now is, Jules had a goal in life, and, and there was an interview with Steve D'Angelo, and it was the very last thing that he did mm-hmm. um, before we <clears> take him from us. So get yourself your spliff, your blunt, your damper, your everything. bong,
1: your
0: pipe, your chalice, your Put it loud.
1: Get your voxel tissues
0: out. Get your not rags out. And we are going to replay some of the interview with Steve D'Angelo. And then we are going borders, to speak but... to someone who is also very close to Jules's heart.
3: Uh, when you talk about... Um, The amount of times that you have to pick yourself off the floor being an activist and getting nailed every time steve d'angelo is actually the master of the game they've taken so many knocks over the years but he's just one of those tenacious activists that is now reaping the benefits of everything that he's put in over the last 30 40 years
1: i've watched those all of his youtube thing that they put out from yeah. harborside i mean when they came out i was so amazed So really yeah. O.G. yeah
3: steve d'angelo i believe you're on the
4: zoom waiting to come to johannesburg good evening there he is well, good evening, uh, or good morning, or good afternoon, as the case may be, wherever you are. Yeah. It's four twenty um, uh, everywhere. It's lovely to be with you at here. Some point. Great to be in Johannesburg. Yeah.
3: Steve, it's uh, twenty to eight in the evening on a Thursday in Johannesburg. Welcome to Africa for the first time. Um, the last time you and I met in September last year. No sound.
4: Can you hear me? No. No. He- can you turn i i I need a little more volume my rock and roll ears guys (laughs) turn it up
3: okay (laughs) your rock and roll ears there we go all right steve um the last time we met in september last year it was a totally different world and for the last three months south africa's been on a pretty hectic lockdown ourselves it's quite a brutal one around here there's no quarter the cops are really heavy-handed We've been chatting to people around America over the weeks. We spoke to Danny Danko in New York City, and he told us about the lockdown there and how they've been affected. We spoke to uh, Russ Belleville in Portland, Oregon, to see how it was going there. How's it going with you in San Francisco with these crazy times that we're living in at the moment?
4: Well, in in, in the entire state of California, cannabis has been declared an essential business, and so the (laughs) lockdown does not apply to us. Uh, so from a business point of view, there, there really hasn't been very much change um, in, in, in our lives. In terms of lockdown, um, having consumed a, a vast amount of cannabis through my lungs in my life and being 62 years old, I made a decision to isolate myself uh, long before the lockdown happened, and I'm, I'm maintaining that decision um, and, and you know, doing most of the work that I used to do in person the way that we're doing it now.
3: I see there's a newspaper headline online this morning in South Africa that um, your governor in California has decided to double back down on your lockdown conditions. There seems to be a flare up. Harborside stays open all the time for your medical patients. Am I correct?
4: Well, we're open for everybody. Um, uh, You know, all the harborside ops are licensed to serve both medical cannabis patients and any adult who wants to consume cannabis for whatever reason, therapeutic or otherwise, that they that they choose to? So the um, lockdowns really, if anything, they may have boosted sales uh, a little bit yeah. uh, because people have you know more time to consume yeah. cannabis. It used to be that a lot of folks only had half a day or part of a day to consume cannabis, and now they we're able to do it longer. So. Um, our our business is is if anything it's been a little bit of a benefit to the business.
3: Okay. So and you weren't wrapped up in any of those terrible pictures of the riots that we saw a month ago when it all exploded countrywide. I saw pictures of some dispensaries in downtown San Francisco, particularly in LA, was hit badly. You you you're intact. Yeah, you everything's fine.
4: All of our people are fine, which is the important thing. We did have uh, we did have some burglaries that happened while the riots were going on and the police were otherwise distracted. They were professional gangs of thieves who have been targeting us for years, so we did suffer some some losses there. Um, but uh, it, it it everybody's fine, everything's good, and the business continues to go on. So I'm I'm not terribly concerned about that. Um, the you know, For us, there's just been this tremendous uh, awakening of the United States now to the reality of racial injustice and, and in particular, the reality of police brutality and, and police murders, which have just gotten completely out of control uh, here. So that's really what, what I've been focused on. Most of my efforts have been focused on the Last Prisoner Project and doing the best that we can to get mostly black and brown people who have been imprisoned on cannabis charges out before COVID kills them.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, I saw the other day that uh, Melissa Ethridge has just joined the fold. I mean, it's really exciting. Steve, the big, big names in entertainment with massive social media followings are now joining you to, to basically, this is going to be your defining work, I, that's my opinion, I think it's the most incredible thing that you've set out to do, whether you, you say personally that even if it doesn't get done in your lifetime, it will carry on, but I think you're onto something absolutely magnificent, tell us a, a bit about the people that are joining the, the en masse now.
4: Uh, you, you, you. If I not, repeat that question for me one more time. Certainly,
3: man. We were just. I was just excited to see that the likes of Melissa Etheridge and James Belushi uh, have both joined the Last Prisoner Project as ambassadors. These are big names, and it's just going to get bigger and bigger and more powerful. Well done to you, Steve. How's it going with the Last Prisoner Project?
4: Well, it's, it's going well uh, from a point of view of, of the organization. Uh, we have, as a result of what I call the great awakening here in the United States, we're seeing a lot more engagement by cannabis companies and by entertainers in addition to Melissa Etheridge and Jim Belushi. Of course, Damian and Stephen Marley are, are on our board of advisors. Uh, Eric Rachmani of Revolution is a, is a huge supporter. Willie Nelson is a supporter. Um, uh, Beto O'Rourke, one of the leading Democratic politicians, has endorsed our efforts. Incredible. And, and then we're just seeing, a, a, really, the industry is stepping up to the plate now. We just got a $250,000 commitment from one of the largest multi-state operators in the United States, AWH. Um, they are going to um, match every dollar that's donated by consumers in their stores, uh, up to $250,000. So. Uh, we are, we are um, assembling our war chest and, and we're beginning to rack up some victories. Uh, I'm pleased to be able to report the release of Craig Cessal. Craig was incarcerated on a life without parole sentence, basically for repairing trucks that were used to transport cannabis. And uh, about a week ago, Craig was released on a compassionate release, which is a temporary release due to COVID, but we're working to make that a permanent release and and are fairly hopeful that it could happen one of the most beautiful things that that i saw was this picture of craig and his daughter just as she he was released i don't know if you have one of those shots at the prison um but um now craig is going to be able to walk his daughter down the aisle uh at her marriage which otherwise he would have been in in prison for so we are we are beginning to see real results out of our efforts and it's it's heartening to me to see the 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 kind of buy-in we've got but Um, we are just getting started. Uh, We had a really hard time counting the number of cannabis prisoners in the United States, basically because the authorities, the people who lock up people on cannabis charges, don't want us to know, and they do everything that they can to hide or obscure that information. We don't know how many cannabis prisoners there are on planet Earth, but the Last Prisoner Project is committed to freeing every single last one of them. And so for the international audience we really encourage you to the best way to begin these efforts is just figure it out how many people in your country in your city and your um, uh, state or province are incarcerated on cannabis crimes what kinds of sentences are they doing and if folks could start collecting that information and send it off to us at last prisoner project that would be tremendously helpful the first thing we need to do to to attack the problem is get a handle on exactly what it is, what its magnitude is. So we are beginning to branch out now from our base in the United States because of the donations we've received for building out our staff and we're beginning to to do what we've always intended to do, which is stretch our mandate all around the globe. Great.
3: Nice. So give, give us an idea of the numbers we're speaking about, Steve. Is there, a ballpark, is there a ballpark figure as to how many people are incarcerated just on a cannabis charge? What how big is the mountain you're climbing?
4: Well, in the United States, we, we know it's a minimum of 40,000 people. We suspect that that, that uh, estimate could be off by as much as 50%. It could be 60,000 people. Um, uh, it's difficult to count. I'll give you an example. Somebody's doing a sentence for burglary. They get out on parole. They go to their urine test, and their urine test comes up positive for cannabis, and then they're returned to prison. Is that a cannabis prisoner or is that a burglary prisoner? So it gets a bit complex, but here's what to think about. The organizations like the United Nations and the World Health Organization estimate the number of cannabis consumers worldwide at 150 to 230 million. I think that estimate is off by several orders of magnitude. So I would say there's at least 750 million uh, or a billion cannabis consumers on planet Earth. And I think that we can extrapolate from that. It's a, it's a horrifying figure. If if we have um, a, a billion, um, uh, uh, if we have a billion people on Earth, and even five or ten percent of them have at one time or another been incarcerated, you're talking about tens of millions of people worldwide, and uh, it, it certainly is a figure that's in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, worldwide. It's horrifying. As, as um, as the fact that the
3: lockdown and COVID and the dangers of being in prison, have any people been released specifically in California because of that? Have they managed to release prisoners just because of the COVID? Because in South Africa, I think they released 19,000 awaiting trial prisoners. And there was an absolute societal uproar because most people think when a prisoner is being released, he's an axe murderer or something, and he's been convicted, but most of the people in South Africa were just awaiting trial, low-level um, cannabis users, It's mostly drug offences. So they, th- their problem is they've been dropped off in the high street with no buffer zone. It's like this double-edged sword. 19,000 people have left the prison, but then what? Is it the same in your part of the world?
4: Yeah, you've touched on a few things there. We we are seeing releases of fairly large numbers of prisoners, but that's happening in jails rather than in prisons. The so far, the releases that we've seen from prisons, where people who are convicted who serve longer sentences right. are housed, has been far far less than the number of people who have been released from jails. But you mentioned the problem of reentry. This is this is another area that Last Prisoner Project is focused on, because. Cannabis prisoners, regardless of when they're released, uh, come out with nothing. In many cases, they've been in prison for years. They don't have employment. They don't have a place to live. They don't have clothing. They don't have transportation. They usually don't have a savings account. And in many cases, they've been estranged from their families. So one of the things that Last Prisoner <coughs> Project is doing is creating what we call the Prison to, Prosper- <coughs> excuse me, prison to Prosperity Pipeline. And this pipeline has a number of different aspects to it. There's a mentorship program which introduces recently released cannabis prisoners to executives in the cannabis business, in the cannabis industry. There is an employment program. We're working with uh, probably the largest cannabis um, uh, human resources recruiter, Vangst. And Vangst uh, is working with us to uh, make all of our released prisoners um, available to cannabis companies that are looking for employees, and, and so we'll get them hired up. Uh, we also have a training program for released cannabis prisoners. They start, sort of um, orients them to the demands of the legal cannabis business, which, are, of course, are very different from the unregulated cannabis business. And, um, and we're moving forward on, on all of those fronts. Uh, again, there's been some success. Uh, if you check out the uh, episode four of my podcast, Radio Free Cannabis, you'll uh, see an interview with two recently released uh, cannabis prisoners, Evelyn LaChapelle La and Stephanie Shepard. And their stories are, are incredible in many regards, but towards the end of the episode, they talk about what a difference has been made in their life by uh, being embraced by the legal cannabis industry. And Evelyn, in, in particular, has this very poignant story. Before she served five years in prison, Evelyn was a catering coordinator for one of the most famous hotels in San Francisco. After she was released, she got out and managed, because there's a law in California that says you cannot check a person's criminal record before hiring them, she managed to get Uh, hired by another very prestigious San Francisco hotel, but a co-worker of hers Googled her, found out about her criminal history, gave that criminal history to the human resources department at the hotel, and Evelyn was fired. Uh, But I'm happy to report that shortly after she was fired, we introduced her to a cannabis company called Virtosa, which is a leading cannabis extracts and elixirs company located here in Oakland, California. And she's now the community engagement manager for Virtosa. And she's getting ready to launch her own brand of accessories. So also- um, wow. it's a big, big <clears throat> struggle. There's a large mountain in front of us to climb, but we're already seeing success.
3: Um, I was going to get onto the Radio Free Cannabis thing, Uh uh, Steve, it looks great at episode number four. I'm sure you've got lots and lots of guests backed up for that one. To be on a podcast with Steve D'Angelo must be a bucket list thing for all of us worldwide activists. So I'm, I'm absolutely available. Remember that, OK? I I'd re- I'd just want to change direction a little bit. We, it's taken us a while to catch up with you. You're a busy man, and then Myrtle and I travelled a lot, and then the lockdown. But going back a bit to the end of last year in Las Vegas you received a Lifetime Achievement Award, and that was the time when I was trying to get hold of you because I think that is one of... Uh, you've had many awards during your illustrious career poking the beast, but that must have been a pretty good one for you. That must have been a great feeling to get that one from your peers, yeah?
4: It was a, it was a wonderful feeling. It's really... You know, I I've done all of this work out of love for cannabis and love for cannabis people. And to be one of the first two people inducted into the Cannabis Hall of Fame was a, a great honor for me. And uh, those kind of honorings are really the most precious reward that I can get for my work is, is the appreciation of the community that I've worked to serve. It's one, of, it's one of the furthest places that we could possibly
3: travel to in the whole world. For me to leave here to get to Las Vegas, it is basically the other side of the world. We've tried it before. We went there, we went to Planet 13 for the day, but man, it was on all of our bucket lists to go. There was a a South African presence there, but we just couldn't have made it because I would have been first in the queue to shake your hand, man, because for me, you're one of the most eloquent, conscientious activists that are out there, and our time is coming, Steve. The conscientious cannabis is just around the corner because... um, as far as we're concerned, looking at the headlines for the last couple of years, as legalization evolves, there's been some very, very badly behaved people in cannabis. Don't you agree?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I Legalization is a double-edged sword. Uh, it's something that we absolutely have to pursue for our freedom so that people stop getting arrested and thrown in prison and having their lives destroyed because of cannabis. But we also know that once we legalize cannabis, then you have very large, well-funded, and quite ruthless corporations coming into the cannabis industry. And what we found in most places that have gone through this transition is that those corporations are better equipped to win licenses, to attract capital, to secure real estate, and do a lot of the other things that are necessary for success in the legal cannabis industry that, um, that dynamic has led to a lot of legacy cannabis, uh, business people, the people who have carried this plant through prohibition and then carried it through the gray market are being squeezed out. It's, it's incredibly unfortunate because, uh, the people who are coming in for the most part, don't know anything about cannabis. Many of them don't use cannabis. They certainly don't have a deep personal relationship with the plant, and so my largest concern is, is the role that these corporations are going to play in introducing cannabis to people who aren't familiar with it. And I, I, I think that you're right, that I believe that, that conscious, what I call conscious, what you call conscientious cannabis, is going to rise, but, but it will rise because we make it rise.
3: Yes, it's so true. Um, yes. We are all we're, we're we're all the conscious cannabis people. But let me just introduce the crew a minute. Steve, Buzz is over here. He's our MC. He's been sat in that chair for nearly 140 episodes now. <laughs> yeah. Dan is our growth specialist. Uh, Joe is one of Myrtle's angels at Fields of Green for all. And um, we've all been very very excited to hook up with you. Really, yeah. Like- um, do you think? Do you, think, do you think there is a silver lining for cannabis because of this whole pandemic story? Do you think there is, because it's now an essential service and it's still illegal, that, that, that it will never go back to being completely illegal? Do you think there are some positive takeaways from this whole situation that we're now in?
4: Well, there may be some positive takeaways we don't even know about yet. Let me ask you a simple question. Do you know anybody who's a regular cannabis consumer who has been struck with a severe case of COVID?
3: (laughs) No, we ask it all the time of all of our our guests, Steve.
4: No, we don't.
3: And we were saying this months and months ago as a joke, but now we're actually saying it more and more seriously as time goes on.
4: Well, it's not a joke. Um, In fact, there's a substantial uh, body of already existing science that explains why cannabis may in, increase re- resistance to the virus or maybe even prevent infection. Uh, and, and that's a body of science, which I think our community has been timid to advance um, because we don't wanna make outrageous claims. Yes. But um, but now uh, I think that it's it's really time to, to, to elevate this conversation. So one of the projects that I'm working on now is putting together a global poll for cannabis consumers, so that we can really get our finger on this. But it seems to me in, in my anecdotal research, and I've been asking everybody that I know, and nobody has been able to point to a regular cannabis consumer that's had a severe case of COVID or died from it. And I think that that, that, um, that that's a dynamic that we have an obligation to to pursue and understand. Mm-hmm.
3: That's a great, uh, what a nice parting shot. Right. When we, The last time we were together, Steve, in Harbourside, you had some, we all had travel plans. All our travel plans have now been shelved somewhat, but um, you do have a bed for the night in Johannesburg. You, you do know that, and bring as many of your closest friends as you like, and we'll take you all around the country and show you some pretty remarkable things. So mm-hmm. I, I, I've watched a couple of your, uh, there's been a couple of webca- webcasts that you've been involved in, we All of us here have been very involved in webcasts. It's been an incredible thing to be able to see your peers and see learned people pretty much for free on the Internet. I hope that continues somewhat.
4: It's, it's been wonderful, right? Uh, I was uh, going into the lockdown really concerned because I spent 200 days on the road last year, and my intention was to spend the same period of time this year with the mission of introducing the global cannabis community to each other because there's there's hundreds of millions of us all around the world collectively we're larger than than almost every nation on the earth so i I was really disturbed that my travel plans for this year were interrupted but then i found myself connecting with a larger number of people than i ever have before through the (laughs) virtual mediums i spoke to over three million people on 420 that's magnitudes more than i've ever spoken to before on that date
3: it's been pretty exciting i've done that uh, we were doing a webinar just before this and it, it really has transcended the boundaries of we, we've managed to keep this show together because of that kind of technology for yeah. the last two months we've only just managed to get back together on the couch now steve for the last for the for two weeks for yeah. three months we were in little boxes on the screen totally isolated but now the lockdown here has been softened slightly, and now we're just mm-hmm. taking a chance. So, um, Steve, we wish you well on your mission that side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, abs- I'm sure you'll get to Southeast Asia. I'm sure you will get to, uh, Amer- to uh, Africa in the end. And we'll, we'll pick you up at the airport when you do. Um, how does anybody in South Africa help you out with a thing like the Last Prisoner Project? We feel a bit he- helpless here sometimes. How can we he- help out you?
4: well it's it's very easy to plug into the last prisoner project just go to the website lastprisonerproject.org what i would say in terms of immediate things that you can do is that we are uh, in the middle of a campaign to release a prisoner named michael thompson that is a largely a virtual campaign there's a number of different ways that south africans could plug into that campaign and participate I'd also say stay tuned to Radio Free Cannabis Podcast. The uh, whole idea of the podcast is to take that work that I was doing, um, traveling, and bring it in virtually and introduce this global cannabis community to each other. So we are translated into 195 different languages on our YouTube platform. (laughs) And uh, I'll be talking regularly about all the campaigns that Last Prisoner Project will be conducting over the course of the, well, until we get that Last Prisoner out.
3: Incredible, Steve. We love your energy, because you have to have energy as an activist. You have to keep going. You have to keep picking yourself up. It's been really, really special for the crew to have you on the show, because we really look up to you for your staying power over the years and um maybe we get you on the show again towards the end of the year to see how it goes and as as i say again we'd love to see you in johannesburg and i'm sure we could fill an auditorium or two with you
0: we could yes or five
4: well we we will talk soon um because i'm going to invite you on to radio free cannabis i will be talking more soon but I really look forward to coming to South Africa. I've been learning a lot about the African roots of cannabis, uh, some really interesting stuff that I want to explore and learn. So thank you for the kind invitation, and I will be there as soon as we can.
3: Steve D'Angelo, thank you very much for your time. You're a really busy man. Super. It's made it, it's, for me personally, it's made it, made me feel great talking to you. Thank you, man. Super. Thank Stay Stay
4: you lit. so much. Be well, be free. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
5: send my love to everyone on the show everybody watching everybody out there um, the cannabis community of south africa um, international local everybody that's trying to contribute positive towards unleashing this plant freeing this plant for all Um, tonight you know it's it's such a, a it's such a sad but also it's, it's a moment for me just to celebrate Jules, a big impact on each and one of us. If I look at what we've achieved, where we are, what the show represents, It's because of Jules and Myrtle's expression of creativity. Through the expression of cannabis, they, are, they have created this platform for us to come out here and showcase the world, showcase what we are about as South Africa, as the South African cannabis community. And this show is proudly South African. And I just want to say thank you to the Hotbox crew, thank you to Fields of Green, thank you to each and every one of you that have contributed to making this show a reality. Um, you know, when, when, I, when, I, when I think about this past year, this past year that, that Jules was murdered, it, 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 it resonates strongly with me that change is within us. If we look at what Jules left for us, I mean he left a legacy, he left a whole community. The common denominator between all of us here is Jules and Myrtle. They are the reasons why we are together. They are the reasons why we have the show. They are the reasons why we can express ourselves the way we do. And each of us, like Jules says, each and every one of us owes it to the plant. We, we we owe it. We owe it to the plant to create the change, to, to push the change. You know, and differences aside, guys, a lot of us have differences about our opinions and our beings about MCBD, full spectrum, all of this and all of that. Free the fucking unicorns, man. Really free them. Fucking hell, man. Let us go out and trade in this plant. Let us go out and teach people how to grow this plant, empower themselves, uplift themselves. That is what Jules and Myrtle wants. That is what Fields of Green for All stands for, right? Not just CBD, not just him, not just (coughs) THC, the full fucking spectrum. And that is what we are fighting for, the full fucking spectrum manifesto. You know, this is like, I read this book every night, one page, back to front, front to back. Yeah, I clean ganja on it, it's my meditation. It is a representation of the fight of the freedom, of the liberty that Jules Trump stood for. And each of every one of you owes it to the plan so that we can smoke on our stoop and be free. You know, and be free. I is oh, yeah. coming to want yeah. to murder us in the night time because we have kanja. Fire burn the wicked man? Fire burn the shit stuff? I burned burn the Babylon man? See? Yeah. So I just want to remind each and every one of you what Jules stood for. Jules stood for to unleashing this plant. He believed to improve this economy, you have to unleash the whole plan. Not him, not CBD, not socks. Dacha. Yes. Dacha. And that is what... That is what Jules and Myrtle stood for, for freedom and for liberty of this plant, so that we can all use it and express ourselves through it. And that is why we are together. And that is why we will stick like gorilla glue forever, because we we have a common denominator, and that is cannabis. So I can talk a lot. There's so much I want to say. I only have a few minutes, um, but I want us to like... a pipe, a chalice, a bong, a dab, whatever you have there in front of you, as quickly as possible, just raise it up and light it up for brother Jules. Light it up for Jules and remember Jules forever and forever and forever until the last prisoner is free. We should adopt that. We should take that on here in South Africa as well. Thank you. Steve DeAngelo, thank you, Jules. Thank you to all the soldiers of this plant. Fire burn! Fire burn! For oh, Jules! Fire! Give, give thanks, my brothers and sisters. Give thanks. Viva Art Park Show, my got the Be fucking art box show.
0: I love you. <laughs> we, love, we love you, love you brother. Too. <laughs> Thank you, Warren.
1: <coughs> Warren always. speaks the truth, right? Eh?
0: And always from the heart. From the
1: heart. And that's as, as Jules was always from the heart, Good no one. matter what, you know, he spoke the truth, there was no Good one. Tip, t- 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 what? Sorry, sorry. There was no tiptoeing around anyone. It was speak the truth and that's it. Don't lie because if you're gonna lie, you're gonna have to try and mm. keep oh. up with that lie. So... Jules was big on no lying. That's it. Oh, big oh, on God. no Jules.
0: lying. So that's you know. it. Mm-hmm. I miss him so much.
1: We all do. Yeah, we, all, we all do. We definitely do. Like, like, like Warren says, we've all got that part of him that we all know and all know each other from because of him. Um, and he'll always be there, which he is great. Was, I think it's a good thing. I've I love the fact that it's brought, like I've said it before, it's brought us all together.
0: We are very blessed to still have Myrtle with us, and, and we and are very blessed to love her yeah. and be able to still be here to support her as well. Mm-hmm. And, and it's make not just sure that we finish Jules' dream. That's it. That's, that's
1: it. it. And it's not just the media family that you see around you, wherever you are, mm. it's, it's the media family, but then the people in this whole entire fight, fight slash, just community.
2: That's it.
0: Yeah. Guys, do you guys have any last words before we close off with a really beautiful tribute that's been prepared <coughs> for Jules? <coughs> mm-hmm. just, um, yeah. <coughs> if
2: there's one thing that Jules said that always stuck with me, it's uh, Cognitive liberation. It's, it's not about just daka. It's not it's not one-dimensional at all there, there are so many other factors to consider and and ways to move forward in being together as a community. So uh, just remember that the, the the freedom to think how you want to think mm. the freedom to as an adult to say I want to smoke this herb yes. or I want mm. to do this cognitive liberation mm. Yes, uh, is something
0: to take note of yeah, cognitive liberty, absolutely, fucking Guys, we're gonna play out with as I said previously uh, a really beautiful tribute that's been put together by uh, one of our crew for Jules um, Again, light your things, smoke it up. You're going to need your tissues for this one. I'm going to wish you a really good night and I hope that you uh, stay safe and choose happy.
1: Yeah, light one up for Jules and take a moment tomorrow to hold Myrtle in your heart and Please. the of Jules. Light one up tomorrow for Jules. He's there. And for Myrtle.
2: No, I can't hear you.
1: No, you're right. I
2: can't hear you,
6: Warren. <laughs>
3: Sorry we can't be with you today, by the time you see this we will be in Spain at the world's biggest cannabis expo. (laughs) Fields of Green for All is South Africa's first cannabis non-profit company. We are dedicated to making sure when legalisation comes to Southern Africa, there will be Fields of Green for All. There's, there's sponsors still with the money in the bank waiting for a D-Day we still need our deposits back from the fucking venue. Everything's still like up in the air, but one thing is for sure, every week at 7 o'clock we'll be here talking a complete load of bollocks as usual. What an idea. Fucking irony. The guy that's given out the permits gets arrested for possession. So yeah, bring it on, fuck's sake. Anyway, thank you gang for joining us in the studio, on the internet, on your phones, on your desktops. We've loved the thread tonight. Shmangled and frazzled South Africa. We've got a crew in the house in little boxes all round the screen. Uh, we should pipe them in soon. Um, episode 127 folks uh, continuing our journey around the planet you should see three people in the studio and tonight we'll be talking like, like episode 117 and um we've just almost had a board roll but we didn't get around to it really this is the very last show of the year can you believe it it's like episode 51 of the year we've done really really well very quickly yeah no, no, but we're enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> 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 Stop endearing yourself to your community. You're making a fool of yourself in front of 30 cameras. Great <laughs> I wrote the book, Read It With Your Sunday Sausage. <laughs>